Hey, Alex here. Before we jump into today's recording, I wanted to remind you that all of the information in this recording is for informational and educational purposes only. The information shared should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Please consult a competent financial or tax professional to discuss your situation before using any of the strategies or topics that we discuss here. Thanks for listening. One other quick thing before we get started today. If you're thinking about starting a business or if you already have one, I wanted to tell you about the accounting software that we use for our clients, Zero. That's X-E-R-O, and you can find them at www.zero.com. I have used other accounting platforms in the past for clients, but Zero bar none is the best accounting platform out there. I have had clients come to me after bringing them to Zero. And they have told me that they felt empowered to use the platform after seeing their simple user interface. Zero's slogan is beautiful business, which represents Zero's thriving business technology platform and global community. Beautiful business highlights the power of Zero's powerful accounting platform and community supporting small businesses to help them work past the chaos, uncertainty, and stress to reclaim valuable time and thrive. Over the last five years, I have used Zero exclusively with our clients, and I have met some amazing people at that company. People are always friendly and are always ready to help when it's needed. Whether you're just getting started or are a thriving company, Zero has the tools you need to help keep your accounting records straight, reduce time each month associated with doing the backend bookkeeping, and helps you track KPIs with their powerful reporting tools. Check them out at Zero.com. That's X-E-R-O. Hey, Declan here. Uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up that Alex and I are using new audio equipment in this podcast recording. There are a couple of wonky segments on my end. I just wanted to let you know so that way you don't start rebooting your Wi-Fi router. It was on my end, not yours. Either way, there's a lot to learn, so enjoy. So Alex, I want to talk this week about debt, which is something that scares me, only because I've had uh, not the greatest experience with it on personal end of things. Right. But from the business side of things, um, as I've been learning, debt can be a good thing. In, in some instances, um, and you being Mr. Money Man, uh, I'd like to unpack some of those things okay. <laughs> for, for everyone listening uh, and reading. Um, so can I quickly, I know you know my story, but I'm going to summarize it real quickly for people who don't know. Sure. Um, basically, what was it? Four years ago, left my full-time job, pursue my own little. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been four years. Yeah, before years. Twenty seventeen, I think. Twenty seventeen. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. June twenty seventeen. So coming up Almost. to four years. Self. I have to send you a, a birthday cake or something for that. <laughs> my my little. Uh, I'm turning four <laughs> as a there as a go. little entrepreneur. Um, I set out on my own. Uh, I d- did okay. I'd say made a lot of mistakes along the way. And long story short, 
my wife and I, we found ourselves in a bit of a hole uh, money-wise. I uh, had to borrow a lot, had to lean on credit cards. And in 2020, looking we uh, beginning of 2020, looked at, to totaled everything up. We were sitting on like $30,000 worth of debt. Off uh, this past month, so it was like four hundred forty something days. Paid off all that debt. It's not in fun. the middle of a pandemic, mind you. In the middle of a pandemic, yes. Grateful that my wife has a, a job still. We you know we didn't take any uh, hits there, but that was not a fun experience. So when I hear things like you know um, applying for uh, small business loans, or especially right now with the pandemic, uh, PPP loans. I get really scared. I get hesitant. I have that initial gut reaction of like, oh, I don't, I don't want to borrow money. I, I don't yeah. want to get into that mess. I don't want to have to think about paying things back. I've done that. I want to get past that. And and some people would 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 agree, especially on the personal side of things, that um, debt is something to be avoided. But on the business side, it can be used as a tool, right? It can uh, help you to make purchases for your business that you otherwise cannot do because you don't have the cash available. And th that's essentially what I want to unpack today. So I have a, a, my, my, a personal uh, opinion of debt, and then I have th this newer opinion that I'm forming from the business end of things. Um, and I want to kind of unpack uh, some of those stigmas that I hold that it's you probably uh, have I've also heard and dealt with. Um, yeah. So, and I, I don't know, I don't think I've actually even given you my full story too, because I had a bit of a, some issues with that, but like, I never really formed like a bad, I don't want to say bad, uh, negative stigmatism towards <laughs> that stigma. Thank you. Um, <laughs> a bad stigma toward or negative stigma towards debt. You know, there was a, uh, a matter of time or a period of time where actually I think it was right before you and I met back in 2015 mm -hmm. where, and actually late 15, early 16, where I took a new job. I'd moved because I still work in the nine to five life and I took a new job and eight weeks into the job, I just showed up one day like, Hey, you're fired. I was like, why? And just moved there. They didn't, they didn't pay me to every reaction. Like, you know, it was like, well, like, okay, this sucks. So I had already leaned into entrepreneurship just a little bit. This is actually when I actually first heard about Gary Vaynerchuk and asked Gary V and I started to read books, starting to learn about entrepreneurship and learn about finance and debt and other things. And I studied finance. Like my degree it says finance. Um and I, I still never really had taken real world applications to it. And it was bit of a uh, like an eye-opener to me a little bit because I remember my roommate at the time who's actually gonna be my roommate again I'm moving back with him in, in Orlando uh this summer and he came to me I told him I got fired let go from my job he's like well what are you gonna do you're still gonna pay the rent right and I was like of course I am I'm gonna pay the rent yeah. you know but what transpired in those eight months just to keep the lights on I had three fresh credit cards that I never used really because I was always on top of my finances but I needed to, you know, I needed to eat, you know, I was getting, you know, on unemployment at the time I was getting hundred bucks, 150 bucks a, a week or something like that. And my, my, my rent obligation just alone, my portion, my portion of the rent was 600 bucks, $650 a month. 
Mm-hmm. And so like that doesn't cover light. That doesn't cover water. That doesn't cover anything. So, you know, me trying not to, you know, trying to beat my own chest and not go back home to mom and dad, which I didn't do. Um, I took on the debt. I was like, you know, I'll figure it out because I had a lot of space. Uh, the, the credit cards were empty. There was nothing on them. And what happened after about eight months was me taking on somewhere around $10,000 of credit card mm-hmm. debt. Yeah. Only recently, that was in 15, 16. Only recently I've paid that off and gotten that off my plate. Um, probably, you know, nine, 12 months ago myself. And a good feeling. it was, it was a great feeling because like, I just kept churning debt. I, I even took out like some personal uh, loans to like, try to like offset the debt and percentages. And it, you try to pay lower payments, lower interest, all that stuff. But the only thing that it did at the time was just compound the debt that I already had. I, you know, because I was still trying to, you know, get myself out of where I was financially, get myself in a better situation financially. You know, I, I left my job March of 18. You know, I was actually making enough in the business where I didn't need to take on more debt, but my girlfriend, my now wife, like was a little bit irritated with me because I didn't have any money to do anything else. I could come down and stay. I couldn't leave. I had the money to buy the round trip ticket, but that was about it. And come down and, you know, go out to dinner once a week or, you know, not even once a week, probably like, you know, twice a month, once a month, something like that. And she'd get frustrated because her family would be off going and having trips and stuff like that. I'm like, I was like, you know, I, I'm sorry, babe, but I need to like, you know, I, I'm not taking on more debt and I don't have any more cash. I'm trying to get more clients. And, you know, until about a year ago, we finally started having some you know extra cash lying around where you know, the business has taken off. We have grown the business and that's amazing. It's a blessing in of itself. And we're blessed to be in that situation. We're now married and we have a little bit more freedom to do those things. We have freedom to do, we have you know, cash on hand buys freedom. Yeah. I think we, we've all had our different experiences um, with debt. I think there's also this uh, feeling of, um, shame i've written about it before about when i I wrote an article about coming uh, out out of this debt and finally paying it all off and kind of the biggest thing is kind of like having the shame of of needing to borrow and and support but like you said sometimes things happen um that uh, you're not prepared for and you need to to lean on on debt but you did mention something about having the cash flow in your business knowing that and this this is what i read recently is debt is uh, a bet on your future ability to pay back the loan you're you're not yep. gambling you're 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 saying to yourself i can do this i need all this cash up front but i know that in in the near future i can i can pay it off absolutely and from a and from a business standpoint i can i want to rewind four years i don't want to talk hypothetical well, i guess it's hypothetical because we can't go back in time <laughs> and change decisions we made but i want to go back to when i uh had left my job and was setting out I had a, I had a couple clients and a couple I mean literally just two clients. <laughs> I probably should have waited a little bit longer. Um, I needed uh, uh, new equipment because I was designing websites. Um, I didn't have the best uh, computer. I needed a new computer. I signed up for coaching, um, a business coaching because I, I didn't experience and I wanted to learn what more could I do to to find more clients and grow my business. And I took all that on with credit cards uh, with, with a business credit card. And this is what I want to tie to other people listening who are, are, are maybe wanting to, to step out into the uh, self-employment land or are the beginning stages of their business and they need capital. They need to invest in either themselves with a course or some kind of training. 
or they need to uh, purchase equipment for their business. Who knows? And, and it's, it's, you know, we're not talking like millions of dollars here. Like some people just need like $5,000 to get their, their business uh, up and running. But $5,000 put on a credit card is a lot different story than $5,000 from a small uh, business loan. Um, so I'm going to kind of unpack first, what are the different uh, options for funding? So what, what are some of the common options for funding for kind of these smaller, uh, you know, solopreneurs, people with um, client-based businesses, your type of clients that you, that you work with? Yeah. What type of funding is available? Well, the thing is, is when you're starting a brand new business, and if you don't have any other like let's say you know in the situation where you're you're in the nine to five and you're looking to get out and you need some external financing <clears throat> what is what you're going to need to have to get anything is you're going to have to have a, what's called a personal guarantee on that debt so if the business has no trading history meaning credit history that's what the banks call they call it like a trading history mm-hmm. um or like a credit history on the bank where like you're trading receivables for 30 days or something like that. Like you have a 30 day in, in that's very complicated terminology, but like it very broken down. What that means is, you know, most larger companies have receivables trading for 30 days, which means that they'll pay you that net 30 days, meaning they'll pay you the full balance in 30 days of that mm-hmm. bill or that invoice. Um, so those larger companies have more trading history, more credit history, if you will with larger banks. So they have, they don't necessarily need a personal guarantee, but when you're just getting started out and if you have good credit, you're going to have a very easy time getting, um, you know, either like a line of credit or you're going to have a very easy time getting a credit card for the business specifically. Um, you know, it's actually, it's actually kind of funny in, in, in some, you know, in some ways, business credit cards are preferred me, me personally over individual because, they give you more rewards. They give you more benefits. They give you like a longer time for zero, you know, zero payments for the first nine months, or they give you balance transfers. Like you, you, you tend to see for business credit financing from like Chase Bank or from Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whatever, whatever bank that you choose, that you have a little bit more benefit from it because they're trying to. The idea of the business credit consumer is that that's going to grow over time and they want to make sure that you're getting the most, if you will, bang for your buck in terms of getting rewards and redemptions. Like I know some chase products, I don't know if it's still current or not, but they would give you cash back on Facebook ad spend, right? Like they would give you like, or unlimited points or whatever that platform program was. And on a standard consumer credit card, you're not going to get cash back or points for, you know, bonus points, if you will, for just buying, you know, Facebook ad spend, right? You're going to get a little bit more benefits depending on you know your specific you know niche and services that you're providing. You know, might might steer the direction where you're looking to go in terms of options for financing, right? Because if you're going to be a service based business and you're a consultant for marketing and you want to do paid ads or be an ad manager for businesses and have those be your client target market, then great. Um, you're going to have, you're going to have that now for like in your example, um, you know, that you listed out that you need to buy new office equipment. Great. Um, new recording equipment or whatever it was, um, you are, you're going to have different products that you, you can still choose from. Um, 
And you know what's nice about lines of credit? Lines of credit actually, um, in in most cases, depending on the bank that you work with, you can defer those payments as well. And you just start you start accruing interest on those, um, but you can actually defer those for a good amount of time, even sometimes up to a year before you ever start making repayments. Or even I think there was a product um, when I was talking to Chase a few years ago. I was inquiring about a line of credit for our business, and they said that. I can make draws on the line of credit for two years before I had to make any repayments, which is really nice. However, when you reach a certain threshold or I can't remember exactly the specifics on it, but you didn't have to sort of growing interest on it or something was, was really, it, it was a really beneficial product um, or a really preferred product. Now for, you know, you kind of alluded to it, it's like small business loans, small business loans are, more or less financed by the government through the SBA, the Small Business Administration, but they're underwritten by the banks. So if you were to go secure a loan, or if you want to know what your lending options are and your financing options were, you would just still walk into your traditional commercial bank, you know, again, Chase, Bank America, you know, or any credit union or anything like that that has a license to bank in the United States. And you say, hey, like, I'm looking to do this. I have good credit. You know, what are my options? Because no matter what, you're more or less going to have to have a personal guarantee when you're first getting started. Mm -hmm. And the personal guarantee just means that you promise to pay the bills even if the business bellies up, right? So, like, let's right. say you take a, you get a five thousand dollar limit credit card, you max, you max it out, which I hope you don't. But um, the good thing is, is with that, is actually for credit reporting for business lines of credit, it actually does not get reported personally. Um, on your yes. credit card, even if you have to have a personal mm -hmm. guarantee on the credit card. So you can, you know, again, don't do this. If you can help it, don't max out the credit card. But if you max out the credit card, it's not going to, it's not going to make your personal credit suffer for that reason, but you will have a credit hard credit pull when they, you know, look into offering the line of credit to you because you need to have that personal guarantee. So you do have that, but that doesn't, you know, even if you do max it out, it doesn't, you know, uh, do that now. If you stop making payments on it and you have other issues, they can come after you as the individual and report that to the individual stuff. Uh, your individual uh, taxes or individual uh, I'm thinking taxes all day long. Your individual um, line of credit. <laughs> we're going to get to taxes. We're going to we're going to frame it yeah. from a tax standpoint soon. But and generally too, like before we jump off of here, but like with the SBA loans and those types of things. There's a couple of different platforms. There's micro loans, which are usually up to $50,000. And then there's 7A loans, um, which is just a different type of the loan, the different type of the program that they have. And for both of those, um, the underwriting process takes a lot longer. It can take 60 days. Uh, you know, we you mentioned PPP. PPP, you know, right now it's almost the end of uh, April 2021. And that program is active as of right now. Uh, until the end of May. So you can get applications submitted, but you can only use it if you've had the business active since or on or before February 15th, 2020. Mm -hmm. So you have, um, you have that to just kind of keep it in the back of your mind. So you can't just be starting up and getting all this free money and, and whatnot. Um, but 7A loans and micro loans, there's a much longer underwriting process that you have to get through that. And then, and, Effectively, what happens is, is that the government guarantees the loan mm -hmm. through issuing of debt by the government onto the Fed balance sheet, that kind of process from an economic standpoint. Um, and there's much fewer restrictions if you don't have good credit, right? So like if you don't have really good credit, like say your credit score is like you know, 600 or, or lower, 
you know, actually the SBA says that the average uh, credit score is somewhere in the 550 range for people that take out SBA loans. And it kind of just goes to show like, that's kind of like how they target those things. And, and they help people that are trying to start a, a bakery or a, something probably more brick and mortar basis because they, they might want some collateral with that. If you're getting a big enough loan, that collateral will be the building or it'll be, you know, something along those lines. But for the smaller loans, you're going to have a much easier time, but you just have to keep in mind that it'll take at least 30 to 60 days to get that process. So I, th- there is another option, which is normally not, um, uh, promoted because you know mixing uh friends and money or family and money is usually not a great idea but there's always an option of uh, approaching family or friends for funding in the business or even in a sense yourself funding your business like personal side i didn't know this so i was was doing research you you can someone can lend you money a friend or family member let's say grandma write you a check I you love it. I love to... when grandma makes me cookies and gives me money. I love it. <laughs> you, 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 she, she, let's say she writes a check for your, for your new business. She's all gung ho. Um, she can't just give you the money, right? Because then the, there's a, a, a gift tax assigned to that, right? Like you actually have to put into writing real terms of this loan. You actually have to um, attach some kind of interest. And, and I was researching, like there's an actual, uh, chart of um uh, interest rates that you, you you have to at least charge to make it like legitimate to avoid um the uh, uh gift tax do you know anything more about that in terms of especially tax implications and 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 the other thing that we haven't really mentioned is securing debt the interest on the debt can also be used uh as uh, a as write-off an yep. as an yep. expense right for yep. the business yep. Well, it's a write-off. It's the same thing. It's just a different vote. It's just a different yeah. Vote. I just want to make sure I'm using the right terminology. Uh, yeah. But in terms of let's let's say five, let's let's just go back to that five thousand dollar range. You you go to grandma. What are some things people need to be aware of when they're approaching that type of situation? Yeah. So, um, I'm ninety percent sure on this, but I would need to go back and double check. I think the gift tax only kicks in once it's above fifteen thousand dollars per tax year. Okay. Um, so again, don't quote me on it. Don't hold my feet to the fire on it, but um, uh, I'll I'm find 99% it. I'll, I'll include sure. it in the right. Yep. Okay. I'm 99% sure there's, that there's that a threshold. Is, okay. Yeah, there, there's a threshold. So like anything below that, it doesn't need to be reported. Right. Okay. So that's, that's one of the nice things about, about that situation. Now you have a couple options with that. So like you say, grandma, Hey grandma, give me some cookies and some money, please. <laughs> So with the gift tax, you know, that's, that's right around $15,000 for every tax year. And I'm 99% sure that's what it is. Now you have one of two things that you can do with, uh, with that money that like say family member gives you, you can either use it as a, as debt or you can use it as equity. You know, debt is something, you know, it's something on the balance should be a liability, something that we call that, you know, what we call something that you owe to somebody else. So you have to pay it back plus capital plus interest or principal plus mm-hmm. interest. And, um, with that, if you were to do it that way, that she has no equity position in the company, which is nice. She doesn't have any ownership, but you're going to mm-hmm. borrow the money from her and pay her back principal plus interest over a period of time that's agreed upon. And like you mentioned, it's nice that you can actually deduct the interest expense, the actual interest paid to your grandmother for, for the use of the loan, for the use of the capital. 
And from an interest rate standpoint, the only thing the IRS says from a recommendation or from, from their kind of definition, if you will, mm-hmm. is it has to be market marketable interest rates. So you can't just like borrow the money and not pay interest on it. There has to be at least some some sort of agreed upon reasonable interest rate that would make sense if you were to get secure somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That could be you know, like said one two percent as a preferred rate if you want, or uh, you know even higher five six seven eight uh, percent, whatever mm-hmm. makes sense for that. Now jumping into equity, where what's really nice about equity is you don't actually have to pay that money back mm-hmm. in directly. Um, now that kind of gets a little more complicated because it depends on how you do business structures and legal san- legal stuff and taxes and it can get really messy really fast. But from a really strict, you know, s- definition standpoint, equity is something that is, you know, we use the accounting formula assets plus or assets equals liabilities plus equity, right? So that comes from the balance sheet that I mentioned a minute ago. Assets are something that you own, something that you have in the bank account, something that you have a computer, cash, inventory. Those are things you own. Uh, liabilities are, like I said, something that you owe somebody else, like debt, credit cards, something like that. Equity is what's left over. So mm-hmm. uh, is, is whatever the capital is left over in the company, either, you know, in some, some, you know, some manner, shape or form. And what's really nice about like contributions from an equity standpoint is you don't have to pay the cash back. You don't have to pay the capital back, but you have that other person act actually become a part owner in your company. Mm-hmm. And, that is a completely different conversation that needs to be you know flushed out like because it depends on okay it, you know we actually worked with clients in the past where they uh you know where they need to either have like a combination of debt and equity from an outside investor and you have to get lawyers involved you have to do a whole bunch of things but like it, it gets really complicated but if you want grandma to have 10 percent, 20 percent of your company and you know she puts up five and you say, all right, well, that's 20% of the value of the company. Well, then you need to find a way to come up with the other 80% uh, mm-hmm. and represent that substantially in some some type of way, either through another outside source, your own personal savings, you know, whatever it is. And this is not a professional form of recommendation, but it would probably be best to have the equity kind of conversations and where you want people coming in from an equity standpoint once you're already established. Unless you want somebody in for the long term, right? So like say, for example, you and I have a business idea together and we both put up five thousand dollars, we're both fifty percent owners in the company, you know, from an equity standpoint, then great, because you're gonna have that person working with you. You have deliverables, I have deliverables. There's different requirements for both of us, and you know, that's kind of also where it comes into where you have operating agreements, which is a completely different also conversation that we can jump into later. But the you know, operating agreements is like, hey, Declan's going to do this. Alex is going to do that. And if one of us doesn't do that, then we can call out the other person and be like, hey, like, what's going on? We had this expectation. We had these deadlines. We had this agreement in place. Because not only are we, you know, being active investors in the company and actively mm-hmm. trying to produce some economic production, productivity, um, then it, it, it helps. Uh, yeah. Helps that moving forward. So to kind of wrap up, now, obviously, it should be said that when you're setting out and, and, and starting your business, or, or even if you're at a, a point in your business uh, where you, you're looking to grow and, and looking to secure some debt for uh, growth, that you shouldn't be asking, how much can I, how much can I borrow? Like, how much can I get? Like, like when I went house shopping last year, 
I didn't go to the, well, I did go to the bank and they said, well, you can get this much. And we were like, well, we're not going to go that full amount. We're going to like dial it back. And how I got to that number was I looked at, looked at, you know, how much wiggle room do we have in, in our budget? Um, so for, for, uh, business savvy people for people just starting out understanding your expenses and understanding how much can you pay back per month and then working from there in terms of how much of a loan can you afford because it shouldn't be you shouldn't be like oh if so if a bank offers you twenty thousand dollars and that's going to end up being like i don't know eight hundred dollar payment that you can't afford every month that's probably not a great idea um and it's probably not going to help fix anything and it should also be said should also be said that acquiring debt to fix holes in your business uh, is also probably not the best idea um, <laughs> because you're just kicking the can down the road. Um, exactly. It, it should, you, you should fix the problems first, whether it's uh, cutting spending, finding new clients. Um, again, this is just in terms of borrowing money. I mean, mm-hmm. always go out, try to grow your business, find more clients, find more revenue streams. That's probably that's definitely the preferred method, but there are times in your business where you need cash available to to grow, or um, uh, you need it in a timely manner, um, yeah. and to and to make these decisions smartly. Um, I think the biggest so, thing is that people need just to realize that debt is a tool to be used and needs to be yes. used responsibly. Um, and I think you and I can probably speak on that too. I mean, just even our own personal experiences in life so far, where we didn't use it as a tool. We use it to buy that thing on Amazon that we didn't necessarily need <laughs> yeah. or buy something else or, you know, you go a little bit extra with uh, Christmas presents for the kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not necessarily thinking about like, okay, like, you know, not necessarily thinking about like what the short to medium to long, any of the time frame consequences are from that is what gets us in trouble, which makes people hesitant to using debt. But, if you remember always to use it as a tool specifically for from a business standpoint for your business purposes you're going to be more, more responsible with it i think and you're going to have faster results because if you use that you're using other people's money you're using other capital from somewhere else and if you're smart about it you can have much faster growth um and you can realize your dreams and grow your business to where you want it to be sooner. Love it. All right. I guess we can uh, wrap it up there. Any yeah. anything else? No, I think I think that was a good place to to, to yeah. check it. To, to well, we can, so. We'll tell the listeners to check out our new website, simplefiscal.com. Yeah. We gotta we gotta put that plug in. <laughs> oh yeah. This podcast is brought to you by simplefiscal.com. Yeah. So, all right. We will talk soon. Thanks, guys. Talk to you guys soon.